So, I guess we don't really have an intro for this, do we? Oh, crap! We forgot one? Oh, no! I thought you were supposed to get it! No! I thought you were... Ah! Ah! This is Control Structure, episode 24, Suicidal Feelings, for April 30th, 2013, with hosts Andrew Bailey and Christopher Thompson. And now, are you looking to die afterwards? Big week? Yep. Big week. Wonderful week. Splendid. Uh. I heard that you adverted a disaster or postponed it. Yep, I postponed a disaster at... Well, I did not postpone it. Management did, but... A disaster at work that is to occur tomorrow. Hmm. Well, that I guess that's good. Yep. So, yeah, meanwhile I uh, finished up a little bit of Skyrim. And nice. I... Yeah... And then I wrote some articles, or wrote an article about things that will never happen. Yeah, I read that article. Aliens and oil. Yeah. So. I, mean, I, I do, I do agree with the, with the second part about the aliens that they would never come visit us because why would they? Yeah, because we're just a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Though so they could also be dicks also, but if they were, they would do something far more devious. Yeah, but then again, we might have some good TV shows. Like what? Uh, the Nexus? Mm, except we're not TV. Even though... Yeah, I thought it was the Nexus.TV. Well... Since we took the hyphen out, we're not really on TV anymore. So, mm. so anyways, um, uh, so you heard I have that script, right? Yeah. So, I, I guess I, I kind of need to look up here on this chart that uh, the XKCD uh, put out recently. I think it was Monday. So, it I can base this is basically how much time I can spend on the script uh, versus uh, you know before say uh, you know like how often it runs versus uh, you know how long I spend writing it so I can get good payoff. Hmm. Nice. So um. So ha- how, how do you read this chart out of curiosity? Okay, so... The, uh, vertical column is how much time you save off the task. And the horizontal is how often the task is done. And the, uh, 
how often how often do you do the task over five years? So, say if you shave five minutes off of a task and you do it five times a day, then you can spend four weeks trying to do something about it to make it shorter. So, yeah. so if you spend four weeks trying to make something better, you start paying off at five years. Interesting. So, yeah, so I guess I guess uh, I won't talk too much more about it because, like, I'm sp- spending time, you know, explaining it to you versus, <laughs> versus the time you could be spending, you know, trying to, you know, do something. <laughs> well, nice. So, uh, yeah, we have a Kickstarter of the week here. Yes, and we do. So I thought we were going to have uh, someone special on, and holy <laughs> Christopher Thompson can't yep. be. It's, it's not. I lied. Well, wait, wait, wait. It says that he's in not Kentucky. <laughs> yep. So I guess I'll have to interview you. Oh, no. So, um, what got you interested in doing what you do? Alright. Long, long ago, I'm just kidding. So, what got me interested in what I do? Well, just like every other person out there, I know that I played video games and then eventually wanted to... Oh, okay, I lied. I, I originally started playing video games, then when I was trying to pirate a video game, I accidentally downloaded Visual Studio. <laughs> and then I started started trying to get it to work, not knowing it was an actual programming language. So, yeah, that was a fun experience. Ever tried downloading Visual Studio on 28.6kb dial-up? No, I don't. It took me several weeks. (laughs) So, yeah, just stopping and resuming whenever you could and downloading at, like, 2am. Yep. So, what is your inspiration for this project? Well... My inspiration is actually that I created a D&D campaign, Dungeons and Dragons, for this exact game that I'm doing. And, well, it was just too complicated to do on paper, so I'm actually making a game out of it so I can play it. So, in other words, Dungeons and Dragons and... Something like that. And I figured... Well, why not make some money? So, um, well, uh, what's the uh, team? Well, currently we have me, the programmer, the designer, the architect, the manager, (laughs) CEO. Then we have Ian Decker as the music 
the writing and the Latinx part. Ooh, so you're gonna have something like really evil and stuff. Yeah. Latin, nice. Should be fun. If you notice the title of the game, The Life of Wars Vita Bellum is actually Latin. Yeah. Or The Life of Wars. Yeah. Because I know, like, Bellus or something is war. Yep. So. And then we have Ken Parks, the graphic artist. And there's a website that he yeah. has. Just doing that now. Oops. So how do you know this guy? Coworker. Ah. Yep. And then I'm still looking in the market for possibly another programmer, sort of, just kind of an idea person who knows fantasy very well. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, what's the design of the game going to be like? Uh, like, what the game mechanics are going to be? Um, it's going to be an RPG-style game. Okay. Um, any sort of uh, novelty? Like, uh, uh, yeah. like what kind of uh, gameplay elements? So, I guess... From the uh, image on the Kickstarter, there's going to be, like, some sort of tower. Yep. The tourists. Latin for tower. Okay, so... No, no, that's not how you spell it. So... So the visual design, it looks like it's, uh... Like it's very, kind of old school. Yeah, like 2D sort of SNES style. Yep. Kind of 2D attempt at 3D. Okay. So, uh, what are you going to be doing as far as coding since you're going to be the programmer? Um, I'm actually using a very well-developed tool called RPG Maker. Ace, I think. RPG Maker VX Ace. Oh, yeah, that thing on Steam. Yeah. I was actually looking at it before it even came out on Steam. So Ah. So yeah, you'll be uh playing your game as you're making it. Yep. So Which there's actually a live demo out there. So let me pull this up here. But um what are your challenges for this project? Well, first of all, ideas. Because the, the, the designing a town and then designing another town, then designing another town, then designing another town, it gets kind of repetitive after a while, especially if you're trying not to use templates and stuff. Have each town kind of be unique. Um, des- designing items, designing weapons, just designing stuff takes a lot of Okay. Um, 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 I haven't ran into really any programming problems yet. There's tons good. of tutorials out there how to do stuff. So, what does this RPG Maker use as far as uh, uh, language? Um, Ruby, oh. or more specifically, R 
RSS five or something. Huh. I let me go find the exact one. It's really, really weird. Huh. RSS. Hmm. So, uh, what are your uh, game design heroes? What do you mean? So, like other game designers, uh, people you look up to. If I if I could name a few, I would. Um. Well, if you could name a few, um. Well, maybe. See, so, yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. What kind of games do you like? Ah, there we go. Um, probably the two most contributing factor with that kind of question is Shining Force EXA. Okay. It's it's kind of a really kind of same style sort of thing. And then the all-time classic, Pokemon. Okay. And uh, what's your stance on DRM? Well, right now I don't have any idea what DRM actually stands for. I'm just kidding. I plan on not having a DRM. Good. But uh, come on. DRMs are outdated and old. Yeah, I mean, that's so ten years ago. If 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 they want to pirate my game, they can pirate it. Because, come on, they're playing my game. That's self in itself is satisfaction that they would actually go out of the way to pirate my game. Yeah, uh, at this point it's more or less publicity. Yep. I guess we're using Skype. So yes, we are. Yeah, even even though uh, like a connection in between uh, isn't really that fast, but um, apparently the policy uh, that uh, Skype uses to reset your uh, like your email and password is sort of weak, and apparently you can steal someone's uh, Skype account with just having three to five of their contacts. Uh, an email that you've used with Skype at some point, and your first or last name. So, really? Yeah. So, this guy, he apparently runs a business, ha- apparently got his Skype account stolen six times in one day. Huh. So, uh, I'm not clear on whether or not, uh, you know, if this can happen with uh, Microsoft accounts that have been joined with Skype accounts or not. We'll find out, but 
either way, make sure your password is secured and actually I don't suppose it really matters. Yeah, just, just, you're just right. Make, just make sure your security questions are updated. Well, in fact, you don't even need to use that either. Yeah, well, you could have your phone number. So, or have fewer than, like, five contacts on Skype. Well, I've already joined my account, so... Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how that affects this. We'll see. Well, this is Microsoft we're talking about, so I'm sure they'll fix it soon. Yep. So... So, have you heard about the FBI request? Yeah, something like they wanted to start hacking stuff, too. Yep, they wanted to start hacking webcam, but guess what the judge told them? Get lost. Yep. Score one for the judge. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's really heart, you know, really uh, heartening to see this, uh, you know, how should I say, uh, activity going against the FBI. Um, since, like, they weren't even sure that this guy would be even within the United States. So, and there wasn't really a, much of a reasonable case against him. Or reasonable suspicion or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So, uh, speaking of uh, companies that, you know, give out information and stuff, the Electronic Frontier Foundation has published a list of companies that have your back. Uh, this has been updated for uh, 2013. I love how your back are in quotes. Nice. Well, that's the actual title. Drop, Dropbox. Nice. Uh, 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 so, yeah, apparently Dropbox, Google, uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn uh, Sonic.net, which is an ISP, uh, Spider Oak, I'm not exactly sure who they are, uh, Twitter are very good uh, companies. Verizon uh, requires nothing. Yep, Verizon doesn't do crap. Uh, neither does MySpace. Um, Who uses MySpace? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Am- Amazon, Apple, and AT&T aren't really that great either. Uh, neither is Comcast. So... Mm. Uh, anyway. Nice. Hey, you heard about Pirate Bay? I did. Didn't they sell off away from Sweden? Yeah, they uh, landed in Iceland. So, Iceland? Yeah, so uh, a few weeks ago, the uh, site traded in its .se domain, that's their Swedish domain, for a .gl one uh, for Greenland. Um, however, you know, things... Things didn't really happen as well over there. So they jumped from Greenland to nearby Iceland. So. Hmm. so and it's uh, pretty much because, uh, like, the uh, internet domain name registry um, is not responsible for a registrant's use of their domain. Uh, this is a quote from an actual guy there. Um, this policy applies equally to any domain. So, you know, until they get a court order or something, they're not going to do anything. Huh. Interesting. Yep. 
but it doesn't seem like uh, that might last for long if you have McAfee. So apparently, uh, McAfee, the uh, like that virus scanner company, has patented technology to detect and block pirated content. Really? Yeah. And who's gonna use this? I'm not sure, but um, probably not uh, too many people because it's patented. So. And it's McAfee. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how well McAfee is doing these days. Um, I think they might have been bought out by Intel a while back. Okay. But, but uh, you know, at least Symantec is uh, you know, gotten a lot better, you know, with Norton. So. Hmm. Yeah, I use Norton. It, I, I think it's been pretty good. Okay. So... In NDA, though, out of control again. So, yeah, the uh, non-disclosure agreements, you know, I've signed a few, have you? I'm not at liberty to say. Hmm, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think everybody has signed one with with any company that they have worked for. Yeah, especially in uh, our industry. Um, yep. so, uh, apparently this guy went to a Facebook convention or seminar or something, and, uh, let's see, uh, in particular, uh, he noted the following phrases in this, uh, NDA, or Confidential Information Acknowledgement, which is hilariously abbreviated as CIA, um, <laughs> number, number one, we consider it any information you learn while we're here to be our confidential information. Uh, B, you will not use any confidential information you learn while you're here for anything other than the purpose of the visit. And number three, uh, you will not share that confidential information with anyone else. So, so basically, you're paying you to go to a seminar that you can't talk about or implement. Um, even if that, uh, is based on publicly available information. So, you know, not only can you not look at this paper outside this thing, you can't tell anyone that this paper even exists because apparently it's now property of Facebook. Um, so, uh, let's see what else here. So, yeah. He uh, really hates this, and apparently he uh, publicly refused to sign this. Um, and I think maybe the worst part about it was, like, a few days later, this thing that he would have gone to was posted online for free. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Yep. So, uh, I mean, after all, didn't we have an entire site dedicated to that called WikiLeak? Yeah, WikiLeaks. So, mm-hmm. so apparently that's, uh, that's even more controversial than the Pirate Bay. Hmm, who would have thought? Yep. So, uh, when was the last time you did an interview? Three years ago. Hmm. Yeah, I've done a few since then. 
Uh, have you given an interview to someone else? Oh, no else? way. I lied. I've done a few interviews when I was looking for new jobs. So, but have, they didn't go anywhere. So, so have you ever given anyone an interview at work? A few times, yes. Yeah. Um, me too. Like maybe like three or something. So, um, let's see. When you're you know hiring a programmer, you know let's start with something simple. Uh, how do you find uh, whether a number is in an array? You iterate through it. Yep, pretty much. But, um, you know, let's go ahead and, you know, think about this a little bit more. You know, it's like, well, is it sorted? So, you know, then you can, you know, sort of play around with it a little bit. You can do like a binary search or something. So, you know, you can make it faster. You know, and then another question you know, that would be relevant is, you know, how many times you would be looking at this array. Well, it depends. Is it sorted? If if it's not, then it would be O. Well, if, uh, you know, if you're going to be looking through this array, uh, you know, finding out if some value is in this array, it would be a wise idea to sort the array first. Correct. So, but uh, then again, this question may be a little bit out of date because libraries and stuff, you know, do the sorting for you. Correct. So, yeah, and especially in databases. So it's quite Yeah, I, I don't remember the last time I had to sort my scratch that question answer. Yeah, I I can't really remember the last time I had to manually sort or search for something either. Well, I mean, maybe not I, search for something, but I yeah, I do searching almost on a semi-daily basis. So, so um, I think you you may recall a few articles on here saying that uh, you know, like engineering and computer science students and jobs and stuff or rather, uh, prospective employees for these jobs are kind of scarce. Yep. Well, the Economic Policy Institute says that there's not a shortage of graduates after all. So, you know, granted that this is a uh, slightly biased study in that, uh, the... Dude, I can't see anything. Hmm. Click on the link and it takes me to an ad. Ah, well, see, you need no script, because I have no script and it took me directly to the page. I have no idea what no script is, but, oh well, it's an I add got on. it now. It's a really cool add-on for Firefox. Anyways, uh, like this Economic Policy Institute is a very pro-labor organization. Hmm. So, you know, it says that, uh, you know, oh, there's plenty of graduates and stuff because, you know, they're not finding jobs, so we shouldn't uh, allow any more H-1B visas. Woohoo! So, and, like, there's uh, plenty of debate here. Uh, uh, you know, perhaps the graduates want uh, too high wages, but the employers are offering wages that are too low, so the graduates keep on, you know, looking around. 
I would say that is the case. Because, so, come on, have you seen how big student loans can get? Yeah, I hear they're upwards of a trillion dollars nowadays. Yep. That's and, that's 1,000 Instagrams. Uh-huh. And I think that's one-thirteenth of our debt. Um, of our debt. What do you mean? Of the United States of America's debt. Oh, uh, you're talking about federal government debt. Um, student loan debt is not part of that. No? Nope. Sneaky bastards. <laughs> because that debt is held by each person individually rather than the, by the federal government. So. We can change that. So, you hear about what Mozilla's doing? Yeah. It was making some new cheese. No, wait, that's mozzarella. <laughs> Mozzarella. <laughs> I hear that goes really good on pizza. Yep. But I can tell Are you... Are you talking about the programming language called Rust? Yeah, Rust doesn't really go on pizza now, does it? Sure it does. Are you looking to die afterwards? <laughs> so... But it goes great with iron and steel. <laughs> Well, it naturally attracts to those, but uh, anyways, um, Linux Weekly News here has an article about what Rust is, and it seems to be a very uh, safe language, and uh, safe as in, you know, like, free from errors. To be declared as unsafe? Well, mm. Well, you're jumping ahead a little bit here. But, um, you know... I'm only reading the fourth paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it, uh, you know, imposes a lot of restrictions on data structures and pointers and what you can do. Um, but, you know, granted, you know, you can, uh, be a little bit, uh, fast and wild and declare certain portions unsafe. Um... And uh, I believe here it goes into the Rust compiler itself, which is written in Rust. And uh, out of all of its source, about 30% is potentially unsafe, which might seem like a lot, but view it from the other side. 70% is guaranteed to not contain certain types of errors, mm, which, nice. is, which is definitely a good thing. Point to the never know. Very nice. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of discussion amongst the programming community uh, that is like the architects and language designers and stuff that, you know, Null is sort of bad. I certainly don't think Null's bad. In fact, I enjoy using it a lot at work for database storage. Yes, and I agree with you. Now, how how they handle that null in the back end, completely a different story. Yeah. But one, one of the extension class I have is dot null or blank for hmm. whenever I try to store it in a text. I always add that in. So if it's a null, it returns a blank value, string dot empty, so to speak. Right. So, and man, I've never had a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of databases and nulls and empty strings and stuff, it seems like uh, like a lot of the uh, object relational model 
tools that come with languages nowadays, you know, like uh, Link and uh, like uh, Eclipse Link. Um, yeah. Apparently, they have a thing wherein if you send it an empty string, it'll write out a null to the database. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That could be dangerous. Yes, because I believe that a null value and an empty string are distinct. You mean different? Yeah. Alright, just checking. I completely agree. So, like a null says that you don't know anything, whereas an empty string says that you know it and it's nothing. Yep. So, you hear about Google? I did. They have shut off the search engine. <laughs> well, oh, wait, that's next week. <laughs> so, um, so what are they shutting off this week? Um, I don't think they're shutting off anything quite yet. But uh, Duncan Bain here has uh, jumped the gun and uh, is expunging Google from his life. So he's taking everything from Google and moving it to something else. As much as he can. So, uh, for search, he's now using DuckDuckGo. Uh, and instead of Chrome, he's using Firefox. Well, that's a logical choice. Yes, I, I definitely support that. And instead of YouTube, he's moving to Vimeo, which, seeing as how YouTube acts, I'm definitely in favor of that. I've uh, never heard of the other option. Vimeo? I'll, def I'll definitely... Yeah. Um, I've come across it a few times, and, like, if you go there, you might notice that you've seen that interface somewhere else. Hmm. So... Well, you want to post a link to it? Uh, sure. Um, it's actually in the, uh... Ah, uh, here we go. Yep. It's in, in this, uh, inside link here. Uh, instead of Google+, Plus, he really didn't really use Google+. Plus. Uh, he just made one to uh, participate on YouTube. So that sort of, uh, you know, dropped. Uh, he stopped using Google to sign into sites like Stack Exchange and instead is using MyOpenID instead. Uh, he's moving away from Gmail and he's trying out a, an account with Fastmail. Um, and he's replaced Drive, Calendar, and Contacts with an installation of OwnCloud. And, uh, for Maps, he's trying OpenStreetMap, which, uh, I... Well, he's definitely not going with Apple. Well, Good hold, choice. hold on for a second. I believe Apple uses OpenStreetMaps. So, uh -huh. so... Yeah. I, I, I think Google Maps is probably still worth using for a while. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed, uh, I guess it might just be because I live in, like, hillbilly country, um, that Google hasn't really caught up to, like, how to number street addresses properly here. Since, like, a lot of the, uh, well... A lot, probably most of the roads around here are not on a grid. They're like curvy. Yeah, I've noticed that about most eastern states. <clears throat> so, at least on the east coast. 
and maybe a little bit further inland. So, a paid fast mail account. Hmm. So he says he wants to move away from groups androids. Um, whoa, what's that? My phone. Well, put a sock in it. Um, I can't. <laughs> so he wants to move away from Android, but he's sort of stuck. Um, at least until uh, Firefox OS or Ubuntu comes along. So, and uh, I believe that Studio Guy uh, says that, you know, neither of those would really happen, especially the Firefox. So, so yeah, I believe uh, both of those two options are based on Linux. And uh, just recently, the Linux kernel version 3.9 has been released. So it includes quite a bit of uh, updates to the file system. Hmm. So Nice. So look for that in upcoming distros or build it yourself. Hmm. Well, have you seen Google Glass? Um... I have seen stuff about Google Glass. Well, have you heard that Google has released the Glass source code? Oh, wow. Sort of like Linux? Yep. It's so. now open to hackers. So now you can put ads on your Google Glass if you want to. Who would want to do that? Yeah, that's a good question. But, uh, hey, you know... Do whatever. I am thinking about getting a Google Glass so I can... Never mind, I'll stop right there. <laughs> so, you remember Paul Miller? I do not. Okay, well, neither do I, but apparently for the last year, he has been uh, without living without the internet. And um, by the time that this gets released, he will be back. Um, because, uh, this is the, we're recording this on the 30th, and, uh, as of midnight, this forthcoming midnight, he will be back on the internet after one year of living totally without it. Nice. So, and, uh... That, that doesn't sound too hard. Anybody can go without the internet for a few seconds. Well... Try stretching that out to 365 days. Sure, no problem. Do we include work? I think so. Well, then we definitely can't do it in our industry. <laughs> so, um, uh, let's see. It'll be just in a little over an hour that there will be a live Verge cast that, uh, you know, will just pretty much be wel everyone on the internet welcoming him back. Hmm. So interesting. So and I've always noticed when people do weird stuff, the media is all like, "Oh, look at this!" <laughs> so, but he's at an actual editor for The Verge. So he himself is part of the media. Uh. So, um, it turns out that uh, we have our own Paul Miller on the network. Um, let's see. You've heard us talk about the universe, right? 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy that does the universe uh, uh, apparently looks a lot like Paul Miller. So I recently uh. drew some lines and you know realized, hey, Paul Miller isn't on the internet, and neither is this other guy. So um, yeah, is there like a reasoning behind this? You think they might be the same person? Maybe. Mm. So, well, the the other thing besides the universe, whatever happened to the Big Bang? The what? The sci-fi shoot or well, the science show? Um, that was aborted, I guess. Oh, although Why? I don't know. I guess I'll just have to start nagging him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Guess who just turned 20 today? Um, Paul Miller? Yep. The Open Web. Oh, that's not <laughs> Paul Miller. <laughs> Paul Miller is the web. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Anyways, um, on April 30th, 1993, uh, CERN... Uh, published a statement that made the World Wide Web technology available on a royalty-free basis, allowing the web to flourish. So, if you recall CERN, those are the people that are making those black holes. Yep. So, but apparently they haven't made a black hole for a while. Not good. So, um, yeah. So the very same people uh, invented the web, too. Hmm... Yeah, I've heard so many people claiming to invent the web. Oh, well, I mean, there's several parts of the technology that it runs on. Yep. So, and there's a few predecessors. So, hey, remember that one guy, that Steve Jobs guy? Yep. Well, and then you recall that for a while he was not working at Apple? Yep. So instead, he went to found this other company called Next Computers, and uh, a Next Computer was the very first web server. Hmm. Nice. So, and uh, apparently at CERN, there's like all sorts of weird hardware and operating systems. So, at least at least I've heard stories. So, interesting. Hey, uh, we just talked about interviews, right? Yep, let's talk about it again. So, um, yeah, as it turns out, it's a very bad idea to text while you're having an interview with someone. I would agree. Have you ever had somebody just pull out the phone and start texting while you're talking to them? Yes. How did you feel? Um... I kind of felt like uh, talking to them, uh, maybe in a louder voice. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean... I, ju- I just stopped talking and walk away. <laughs> so, may- maybe I'll do that next time. But, um, apparently, uh, one out of five uh, young people that, uh, I mean, people of our age... Uh, when they go into interviews, they totally blow it. And uh, mostly because they pull out their cell phone and text. 
Hmm. Um, another wow. another problem is like uh, bringing your cat in. <laughs> what? Yes. Um, a college senior brought her cat in for an interview for a buyer's position at American Eagle. She set the crate-housed cat down on the interviewer's desk and periodically played with it. It hit me like, why would you think that's okay? She cut herself off before she had a chance. Yeah. So, and um, apparently some people bring along their parents as well. <laughs> so Why? That's a very good question. Te- text taking calls and texting I can understand but parents and pets yeah that should be no brainers oh well yep whenever you go to an interview turn off your phone yeah that's like one of those sacred times where even if someone's arm is falling off you don't want to <laughs> hear about it no this is your ju- this is your potential Money making. This Fan. is your life. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I tell my parents and most of the people that I know that, um, you know, if it's a work day and it's between the hours of 12 a.m. and 12 p.m., uh, I don't really want to hear about it unless someone's arm is falling off or something. Hmm. Interesting. So, anytime between midnight and noon, uh, afternoons being fine. Hmm. Well, did you hear that somebody started pinging the entire internet? Wow, that must have took a long time. It probably did. But he was able to map out quite a bit. Two terabytes, in fact. Wow. Received from 310 million IPs. So, and, um, let's see, most of those two terabytes worth of replies received from 310 IPs indicated that they came from devices vulnerable to well-known flaws or configured in a way to let anyone take control of them. So, Mm. you know... I guess no one really cares about security or lessens security for convenience, which isn't really a good idea. Correct. So, um, apparently, some of these uh, some of these IPs pinged, and uh, vulnerable devices uh, came from ships like out at sea. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he, he was allowed to track the movements of more than 34,000 ships at sea, uh, down to the precise geographic location. 34,000? Yes. I didn't think there were that many. So, yeah, uh, apparently he, he, uh, let's see, there's possible flaws in that, uh, like, he can sort of forge locations of ships. So, um, like, if like some of these ships were to run into each other, the Coast Guard might might not know where the, they are because of the message sent out would, say, would contain bad uh, coordinates. Hmm. Interesting. 
So, uh, hey, uh, I just opened up Opera, right? Yep. So, apparently, uh, one of the former consultants at Opera uh, has been sued uh, because they think that he gave away vital in, uh, industry secrets to Mozilla. Like what? If they browser? Um, no, like uh, UI design elements. And, uh, like, I guess uh, what Opera calls speed dial, which is, like, put a thumbnail of the web page on a screen, and when you click it, you go there. And, uh... Like, the idea of having, uh, like, the search bar integrated in, um, mm. which, you know, which is sort of odd because apparently the exact same ideas came out of Chrome as well. And IE. Uh, but no one really minds IE. They're Correct. Not, they're, they're not industry renowned for innovation. <laughs> uh, interesting. And what I'm shocked is, wow. So, let's see. While you were gone, uh, we talked about this one little company called AMD. All right. So, um, apparently AMD is uh, trying to do a unified memory thing called heterogeneous uniform memory access. So what Whoa. this what this is supposed to do is uh you know how AMD is making uh, CPUs with GPUs on them. Yep. Uh this is supposed to uh make the uh CPU memory and GPU memory just one big pool so you don't have to copy between them. Hmm. That would certainly make things a little bit faster. Yeah, so, like, if you if uh, you were able to do some processing on a GPU for some reason, that uh, you wouldn't have to copy stuff back and forth. Hmm. So, and then there's other things like, uh, you know, like, the operating system might have uh, some virtual memory paged out to disk, and apparently the system would take care of that, even though it would be for the GPU. Um, interesting. Yeah, and um, uh, you know, this is a what's called a unified memory architecture, which is uh, quite common in embedded systems, uh, like uh, the 360, the Xbox 360, and the forthcoming PlayStation 4. Um, these systems do not have distinct system memory and graphics memory. It's just all one pool. Nice. So, and uh, appar- apparently AMD says that uh, it's not just limited to CPUs and GPUs. Um, there can be also other kinds of uh, processors, uh, you know, connected to the same pool of memory. Uh, for instance, cryptographic accelerators. Hmm. Uh, or, ah. uh, or field programmable gate arrays. Hmm. So, and it's about time that, uh, you know, uh, GPUs actually be used for something amazing other than just playing video games. Like playing video games? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> like, uh, like especially with big data. You know? Yep.
posted some answers to questions or questions to answers or something yeah well I guess we're we're here to discuss some of these I guess yeah so apparently he's uh, trying out uh, Evernote on his cell phone so he's uh, writing all of this from there uh, he says pretty fancy intro there uh, why thank you um, I spent a few hours thinking about that and several minutes actually doing it, so I'm glad you liked it. So, and, uh, I guess you missed the uh, Kickstarter from last time, but I think I might have mentioned it. Uh, it was about the pinball? And uh, nope. Okay, well... I'll, I'll, I'll go look it up. Alright. So, uh, Ryan says that he played the, uh, pinball on Windows XP a lot, too. But he wasn't very good at it, and he only managed to get a few levels by luck. And he says that a pinball stream does sound boring. Well, I guess that's just because you suck at pinball. <laughs> um, he says that he loves two-factor authentication. And I'm not sure if I say I love it, but I think it is a good thing and not much of a hassle. And... Uh, you know, speaking of security, Java 8 would be better off with uh, a lot of security on it than new features. Uh, then he says, splat dollar sign plus octothorpe open paren dollar sign dash dollar sign open paren crashed beyond pod so I don't know where I was so I restarted the Gmail story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Google stuff is still confusing to non-tech people but there are not tech people that are able to pick it up fast either. It really just depends on the person and how much they care. My least favorite part of those Gmail buttons is that archive and send to spam. Apparently, they change places occasionally. I'm probably just insane. Well, I kind of hate that archive button too. Like, it's not obvious what it is at first, and I kind of have to hover over it. And... You know, whenever I'm in Gmail, I make sure to hover over those buttons since I'm pretty sure that someone at Google realizes or will realize that I'm hovering over these buttons to figure out what in the hell they are. Hmm. I have never used any of the buttons in Gmail. Hmm. Well, then what do you use? Hotmail. Hmm. So, uh, he says, uh, Ryan says that he would love a 10 to 15 inch USB display. So when I'm doing presentations for community education, I could see presentation notes. So, hmm. It, I guess it depends on how you have your setup there. But, uh, you like, I'm guessing you might be using a projector to do the uh, PowerPoint and like a display on a laptop. So if you do that, then you can just do a, uh, you know, extend the displays and then have the PowerPoint set up to do dual monitor mode. And uh, in the dual monitor mode, the primary display, uh, you know, sh should probably be like your laptop. 
and it should have a space where your notes are. So, yeah, I, th- I think that should be correct. Yeah, um, I do it all the time at church since I'm the uh, projectionist there. And, uh, you know. Okay, hold on. Where do you project that church? Onto a screen. Alright, what kind of material do you project onto a screen? Um, the screen is. I guess it's a portable uh, thing that, uh, you know, it has a tripod and, you know, it's just white. And, you know, since it's portable, you can just sort of. I mean, um. Church songs, church prayers, oh, videos. the content. Okay. Um, Starcraft? Uh, not Starcraft. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Pastor has this, uh, like, an account to this one website that has a lot of, like, really nice, high-quality images. So we just have a PowerPoint that has a lot of those. And, like, it'll automatically advance every, like, ten seconds or something. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, doing, during services, you know, like there's hymns, there's graphics, and uh, the occasional video. Mm, nice. So, uh, he, uh, Ryan says that sadly he only read the first half of the AMD story, but he really liked it. So I guess he had to go do a midterm or something. Uh, he says that before IE10, there really wasn't really CSS, CSS3 or JavaScript parity between IE and the other browsers. So the two cutoffs exist, distinguishing completely unsupported, and then the oh fine, if you really need me to support this crap, I will, levels. Hmm. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, you know, again, IE is not really known for presentations. <laughs> I like his next comment. So, um, in our discussion of, uh, you know, next generation image formats and Facebook, if I couldn't save images from Facebook, I couldn't save all those pictures of girls I'm ta- stalking over all the place. Nice. So, and, uh, apparently Ryan got a real big kick out of uh, coding on a Chromebook. So, he says that he codes C++, Java, and PHP on both his MacBook Air, I guess, and his main desktop. MBA? Yeah. Master the Business Administration? I guess. I mean, I suppose you, <laughs> I suppose that would be a valid platform to you program on. So. Uh, and main desktop. So, so with the, I guess that would imply he has secondary desktop. Um, well, apparently he has like four monitors. So, so, so I well, have four. I have four monitors. Two of them are in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I have the three here. Um, I have a CRT. I have two at work. Um, plus two laptops, so what, that's like, uh, I don't know, eight or so? You know what that means? Time for a yard sale. (laughs) (laughs) No way, I love all my monitors. Makes me look like I'm sitting in some sort of underground headquarters or something. You wish. (laughs) 
then then you need to start putting some LED lights that just blink on your background wall or something. <laughs> oh yeah, Matt. blinking lights. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, we were talking about uh, BitTorrent Sync, and uh, and uh, let's see. Ian uh, said that, oh, wasn't Ryan talking about something like this? And apparently that was AeroFS. They recently left private beta, and they're still barely known. Just sync across your drives, but it clearly requires huge drives if you have bulk things. It also uses Java to handle all the syncing, so I don't know. I love the concept, but I'm not feeling like... I'm not feeling it like I feel Dropbox or Bezels. Stop feeling up your bezels. It's inappropriate. Just no comment. Just kidding. I feel up my bezels all the time. I prefer my Dropbox. You can keep your bezels. Hmm. So, for those of you who can't see, I am running my fingers atop all my monitors. Yeah, it's really, really disturbing, so you don't want to see it. So... Apparently, Target was using OS slash 2 warp computers in the back room as recently as 2001, says my dad. So, um, Ryan says that he never had a problem dragging drives to the trash. I guess I was just trained to not associate drives plus trash with deleting. I've dragged CDs and flash drives for years and never thought of it as deleting it. Oh, ew, the 90s. Those Macs were fun. They had kid pics or something. Also, my computer teacher was so angry when I installed Firefox and Comedo on those Macs. Use Internet <laughs> Explorer 5.5. <laughs> um, apparently I was mistaken and that there was no midterm. Apparently Ryan had one this week, though. <laughs> so... I think Netflix slash others want HTML5 DRM so they can stop using some of the apps and just make converging web apps across platforms. Well, hmm. that'll be kind of hard. If... Just define others. Hmm. Well, any other uh, video distributing uh, subscription companies? Which, yep. at this point, I'm sort of hard-pressed to think of any. Yeah. So. I'm thinking it's just Netflix, and they're not going to get what they want. So, as it turns out, you can actually write files in Java, because I've actually written programs to do it. Um, but apparently Ryan says uh, he didn't get around to doing that yet, but it would be better as little scripts like I've already wrote already. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan says that 25 gigs is good, but I fear Microsoft. I don't know if I would mind paying Google for storage if I need it. Why so. would you pay Google? Well, sometimes they have uh, nice stuff, and paying for stuff gives you more stuff. So Yes, but they turn off their stuff. Yeah, that's the only problem. Hey, I'll give, I'll give you 25 gigs of storage for a dollar, but I can't guarantee it will be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, uh, as for uh, fearing Microsoft, you know, I don't really, uh, you know, concern myself with it too much because, uh, you know, I basically use it as a backup and not as a 
primary uh, file storage or file transfer thing. Um, and, you know, if Microsoft says, you know, decides to be like Google and shut it down, well, I guess that would just be a backup failure for me. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, here, have some feedback and watch out for cars. And uh, I might add, like Matt's car. Uh, appara- <laughs> I hear it's trying to kill people. So, so, anyways, if you would like to submit feedback, if you have questions, or I guess if you have answers now, or if you'd like to be a guest, don't be afraid to use the contact function on the Nexus, but please wait until after we're done with the podcast. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I... Remember, I'm, today is International Back for Wednesday, and every day is International Back for Wednesday, so please back up your stuff and delete it. And delete it. Yeah. So you can restore and make sure your backup works. Or uh, make sure you have enough free space and restore it into that. Eh. No need. <laughs> delete it and restore it. So, you know, uh, let's see, what else? Um, oh, yeah. Hi, Mom. Coding Horrors. So, yes, Coding Horror has a. Uh, uh, Jeff Atwood there has a uh, rather cool blog post about International Backup Awareness Day. Ah, uh, this thing. And and I so kindly ripped that off of him. Yeah, but I keep reading it every week and keep forgetting about it every week. <laughs> so yes, that is part of the template now. So mm, cool. So, anyways, uh, any plans for the week? Yep. I gotta be to work early tomorrow to deal with the disaster. Yeah, that disaster you have, uh, well, that was, uh, postponed. Yep. Oh. But, and anyway, if I have to get all my work done that I've been taking thick off for, so. Yes, uh, oh yeah, by the way, you decided to be sick last week, that's why I had to pull Ian in. Yep, and I actually had to go see a doc. I was ordered to go see a doctor by my boss. Ah, uh, so, like, uh, you know that they weren't pulling your leg? Well, I was legitimately sick. I just scared my roommate because I had a bloody nose. <laughs> so there was a little bit of blood in the trash can, and he thought I was coughing it up. <laughs> and then, he, well, he decided to text everybody. Well, that was just uh, delightful, I'd imagine. Yep, so I did need to go see the doctor because well, I was sick, then it got worse, then it got better, and then it started getting really bad. Ah. And then I started taking medication. <laughs> and then it just all went to hell from there? Then it got better. <laughs> and then I had to go back to work. <laughs> so, and then you, had, then you started to have uh, suicidal feelings. No, I've always had those. They only happen whenever I'm at work, though. (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, has your pyromania gotten worse? Uh, no, not really. Not not since I burned my shirt off in college. (laughs) So, then, um... 
let's see, my plans. Well, at work, I'm we're going to be releasing uh, something to a client so they can test. So we're sort of in a rush, and I'm dealing with damn soap services again. You remember soap? I do remember soap. Yeah. So, and it's just a real big pain. Like, um, especially like the names and the, and the types. So, apparently, um, like a username and password. In one service, it's a string and a string. That's logical, right? Yep. In the other service, it's a string and a byte array. Which, apparently, my platform does not support byte arrays, since it's pretty much in JavaScript. Hmm. So, and then, like, the name of, naming of things, like, do terminate. Like, apparently, no one realizes that terminate is a verb. You don't need to put do on it. Hmm, interesting. So I guess whatever in Indian architecture astronaut designed it didn't realize that. Hmm. Terminate. Do terminate. Well, some, sometimes I put those kind of stuff on verbs also because I, I realize, well, I'm designing this, so what happens when an idiot comes along and they see terminate? It's true, it will terminate, or it will not terminate. Because I've actually ran into a few things like this, of questions people have asked me at work. Well, I mean, terminate should be, you know, very clear. It means... It, it should be, yes. It should be. I mean, terminate means to end something. So... Yeah, I think I picked a bad example. I'll, I'll come up with a better one next week. Yeah, you know, uh, I've, I've sort of, you know, asked myself these questions when uh, building my blog and, like, sort of refactoring it. Ooh, you know, I got a good one. Active index. Active index. Yep, you can either have a zero or one, true or false. Hmm. That's a really common one, and it means that this row is active. Hmm. So, apparently every row has this property? Yep. And and they also kind of use it for, okay, like a, um, a, a member, are they active or not? In okay. this case, is it active or not? Is okay. this note, is it active or not? Okay, well that sort of makes sense. But, uh -huh. but active... But on every table almost. Yeah, like sort of like for a soft delete. Kind of. So, but like but, the... But the active index seems to be, be more of a property of the data set and not each individual row. Yep. But that, that's, that's how it's... That's the column name. Hmm. Active index. Hmm. Ah, anyway. Oh, well. Um, name your stuff better when you're programming. So. Oh, yeah. and one of the other things I have to deal with is people that actually name their stuff, they think it's a big waste of time. 
Yeah. So I keep getting stuff with text box one, text box two, text box three. Oh the gosh. with list, list box one, list box two, and is activated by button one and button three. Oh dear. Yep. Now I sort of take pride in naming things descriptively. You know, because, you know, maintenance, you know, naming things properly helps with that. Yep. And code readability. Yes. So, and, uh, when I'm not at work, I'll probably be playing Blood Dragon. So. Cool. I wish you good luck on that. And I hope you enjoy your official washing machine. <laughs> I will enjoy my washing machine, thank you. So, uh, well, I guess that's it. So, I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. So, and have a big week. I will. Yep, have a big week. Yeah.